Hello, and welcome to the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club podcast, the place where curiosity is welcome and no topic is too taboo to tread. I'm your host, Jonathan Doe, and today I'm sitting here over the phone with Neil, the owner of Crime Scene Cleaners, Inc. How are you doing today, man? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Um, good. So my first question is, how did you first get into crime, the crime scene cleaning business, and what's the history behind your company? Uh, well, I was, excuse me, I was, uh, I don't know, 27, and uh, I didn't have a lot of prospects, and I, I definitely wanted to be self-employed. Um, about the only skill I had is I could speak, and I was willing to work. So I was uh, quite literally watching Pulp Fiction on the couch, and they uh, killed the guy in the car, and they brought the wolf in, and they, they cleaned it and hid it, and I, it was pretty intriguing, you know, I wonder if that actually exists, and uh you know, I started researching it, and there was there was literally zero. So I I really committed and started a little company and just just worked all the time, man, and you know built it. That's awesome. What's the overall? Yeah, it worked, it worked out great. <laughs> What's the overall scope of the different jobs that your company covers? Like, what what kind of situations are you guys typically called in for? Well. You know, the name is just a hook, man. It's marketing. So it's really, we're a janitorial, a biohazard janitorial company. That's all we clean is bio. So, you know, a typical day in our bread and butter is, is you know, feces and vomit and, and any kind of body fluid that would be in the public sector, be it in the elevators or, you know, wherever it may be. Um, we, we just do those all day long. Uh, and then interspersed with that would be, you know, different prisons and detention facilities and, you know, private properties that may or may not have had something that, that equaled spilled blood to, you know, mass casualty stuff. I mean, we just never know what's coming in, you know, it's, uh, it's always different uh, it's, and it's always busy. Uh, you know, we just, we just do a ton of it. What's the training process like for your employees or what what is there a certification process or some some kind something that you need to pass in order to be able to walk onto a scene and start working well with i mean the short specific answer is no but uh, with our company everyone holds at least a 40-hour hazardous materials handling license and the company has transporting licenses and our employees are trained uh, to transport and fill out the paperwork accordingly and you know, and it really exactly the way it works is we, we would run an ad, um, generally on Indeed. Um, we would bring applicants in. I pretty much hire anyone I need right then and there because they have to pass the background checks before I can really put them on payroll. So I hire everybody and I tell them, you know, I'm going to run your backgrounds and if you come back clean and you're still interested, then I'll offer you a job and we'll start your training. Um, you know, they start training, they train for generally 30 to 45 days, sometimes less, uh, before they're given a company vehicle and credit cards and all that stuff. And then, uh, for probably the next 30 days into their 60th day or so, they're met at jobs by other, you know, employees, trainers. And then, uh, you know, once they're, they're, uh, consistently, uh, good to our level, we, we set them loose and they start taking calls and you know, doing cleanups, that, that simple. What's that training process look like? Is it mostly them like shadowing other people um, and kind of? Yeah, our training for the most part consists initially of them them shadowing, but 
with us shadowing isn't you know you're not standing there we suit you up we put you in gear and you get down and get on it mm-hmm. you know you're just there with a the trainer i mean if you can't uh with us we do so much that if you can't get into it and i mean like on the click you're just not gonna make it with us you're just you're just not gonna make it, it it's just it's we're fast-paced we do you know we'll do 25 jobs a day pretty pretty simply you know from the mundane to the to the pretty radical and all of them are time sensitive so you have to be able to bust it and haul ass it's you know more we do the more we make so crimes and accidents happen around the clock and so obviously you guys can't work within the typical like nine to five hour window so how are jobs assigned and what does a typical work day look like you talked about doing 20 plus jobs a day so uh well we run 11 trucks um and after a while you know you or initially we ask you know what hours do you prefer to work and not work and it's it's pretty much on call you know it's uh the salary structure, so they're they're um, you know paid for their time and their work, and and uh, they don't have to really do anything except answer the phones immediately, take the information, and get in the company truck and get your get their butt down to the, wherever the scene may be and get it done, and then they're released and they they wait for the next one. <clears throat> are there particular jobs that are? typically more challenging than others like for example uh what are some of the different challenges like working in a prison or or doing a car accident or or doing a murder suicide what are the some some of the different challenges you face in those different scenarios yeah each and every job is going to be pretty unique i i think uh you know the challenging ones are are ones that are very detail oriented such as you know interiors of cars and the people want the interiors back the way they you know, the way they purchase the darn thing. And uh, jail cells are very stressful in that. They're very loud. They're very hot. They're, the messes you're cleaning take hours to clean. So you're, you know, you're scrubbing shit off of, and by shit, I mean feces, mm-hmm. off of walls for three, four, five, six, seven-hour stretches. And, and uh, you're hot, you're miserable, you're hungry. You, you know, you don't want to be there. And you're cleaning shit. <laughs> you know yeah. so it's it's demanding and young you know for for blood i mean blood is um i mean it'll just soil anything and it'll go anywhere and it's you know it's it's different base components are are unique and difficult to clean perfectly at least to the to level we clean it and you know you throw in raw sheetrock or some really porous concrete and it, it can be a real challenge no doubt about it have you guys ever done uh, any jobs where, say, a person may have been deceased in their house and they'd been there for a long time, where it seeped into the flooring and all of that kind of stuff? Oh, uh, yeah. Those those are, we'll probably, that's a decomp, and I don't know, we'll do anywhere from probably six to, you know, 15 or 20 of those in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're always difficult in that they're just so funky that... You know, it's tough to, you know, for instance, if grandma dies in bed, we're not going to try to save the bed, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how much the family may want us to, it, it's just not going to happen. We can't guarantee the work. So it's out of there. Whereas, you know, if, if we just have someone die on a bed or, you know, blow their head off and it's got some splash on the bed, we can clean that perfectly. But 
uh, decoms don't allow for a lot of, of saving of material. If it goes into the floorboards, generally it's going to warp them pretty quick and they're absorbent. So we have to, you know, if we can't clean it perfectly, if I can't guarantee it 100%, we're pulling it. So that requires you guys actually like removing the floorboards and do you guys replace them or how does that work? If, if we have it in stock, if not, you know, that's up to the customer. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we would always try, unless it's just beyond redemption, as in a, a late stage decomp, we always try to clean it and then put it back in place. So to the point of the customer not being even able to tell it was ever pulled. So I'm sure it varies, but uh, what is a, a typical situation? Like how long does it typically take to clean up a, a site? Well, on the average, no less. Well, you know, if you're cleaning a loogie off a window, it's pretty quick. You know, 15 minutes maybe from start to finish, you know, in and out of your truck. You know, if you're cleaning a suicide, you're looking at at least an hour, generally anywhere from one to three hours. Just depends on the severity of the suicide itself. You know, uh, decomps, they're, they're hours, you know, and uh, unless uh, for some, you know, it's contained in the bathtub or something, uh, they're hours. I mean, there's, there's hours. And then cars, they're all day. Jail cells can be anything from just a few minutes to all day long. You know, it, it just... It really just comes down to severity of the cleanup. You know, uh, dried feces is much more difficult to scrub and get clean and no trace than wet feces, for instance, or brain dries like marble. You know, you have to really work it. You know, uh, blood, well, it, it stains, first of all, and it breaks down to its base components and it's oily and you have to know how to clean it. You have to have the correct things, the correct supplies, the correct cleansers, the correct tools, knowledge, the skills, the whole whole ball of wax. It's just, I one of the things I like about it is it, it's very precise, but in the big scheme of things, I can do several jobs in a day and they're all interesting, they're all exciting, uh, and I make money, you know? So it's, for me, it's it's really, it's just a fun job. It's, it's, it's very unique, but you know, I, you got to also remember that I didn't really start the company, um, to clean blood. I mean, blood just happened to be the product that fell into my lap as far as my idea goes. And that allows me to, to stay in the tax bracket. I like, you know, it costs more to get body fluids clean. Mm -hmm. Um, but my interest has always been in, in building a company. Without a doubt, that was that was always my interest, and I, I think that helped me uh, to basically have blinders on as far as all the gore and the trauma and the the grief and the anguish. I mean, I I just don't participate in any of that. You know, I I get there, I clean, I get out. It's just that simple for me. Do you charge different prices depending on uh, the job? So, say that you had to clean up feces, um, someone sprayed shit all over the place versus a suicide are there different uh prices depending on the situation well we do have specific pricing structures mm -hmm. and our pricing will definitely vary from job to job yeah without a doubt without giving away how at price i mean yeah. you know yes it changes uh definitely from job to job 
Um, when you're called to come clean a scene, who is it that typically calls you? Is it the responsibility of the city or law enforcement, or is it the family that is responsible for calling you? Say, say someone committed well, suicide, for example. The unique thing about death and the peripheral businesses to death, like mortuaries and crime scene cleaning and that kind of thing, is it's predicated solely upon uh, uh, population. So very early on when I started marketing and selling the company's services, I made it my goal to market to any human being, building, car, robot, or Martian that I could possibly sell my services to because I knew that my, my revenue streams were going to be fairly limited. Um, so uh, frankly, I think anyone and everyone is a customer. So, you know, all of the above. You know, it just it just depends on who has jurisdiction of said property. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm most just, all I'm... of my work at this point. Oh, I'm sorry. Most all of my work at this point is contract work. I mean, I, I have contracts, long term, large contracts with, you know, any number of entities, you name it. But most of my work is repeat and contract. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> What are some of the most challenging jobs that you've had to do? And do you have any that have stuck with you um, because they were significant or they impacted you psychologically in any way? Well, you know, I've, I've done thousands of jobs. Uh, you know, I've, I've been in business 25 years and I, I still clean just, you know, because I can. It keeps me active and healthy and all that. But you know, what I'm getting at is you don't really remember. They all kind of mesh into the same job, but there's always one or two or three, you know. Uh, I think right now in my my uh, my uh, encyclopedia is uh, the whale that we got rid of. We got rid of a, a big humpback whale about, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, and, you know, it was 35 feet long and, you know, massive. And we had to figure out how to get rid of it in a timely fashion and not piss the neighbors off and all that. That was pretty interesting. I'll probably never do that again. Um, you know, to, you know, the bloody one that's in my memory banks right now is that, you know, a toddler that walked around the house bleeding out at, after the father killed, you know, the mom, the brother, the sister, and tried to kill the toddler. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, it's just... Uh, there, there's just a lot, you know, some crazy stuff. There's just, you know, it's just, it just depends on what you kind of click on and remember for that day. But as far as, you know, me grieving and, and all that shit, man, but you got to remember that, that although we're at these very pressure-filled scenes, we don't know anyone there. It's not our tragedy. It's not, we're, we're never going to see them again. You know, as soon as we clean it, it's done. And we're already being paged for another one. So it's, you know, if you're going to be too empathetic and, and, you know, stick and freeze because of what's going on, you're just not going to make it. You yeah. know, you, you won't make it a week. I think it's similar to like uh, surgeons, you know, that they, they, you have to kind of separate yourself from the job. Otherwise, it's going to fucking tear you down. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you know, it just... You know, you get too deep on what we do. It just, you know, you're too deep. That's it, you know? Yeah, you have to, if, you know, that's why most uh, people in the death industry that I know anyway, be it law enforcement or whatever, 
we have a very raw sense of humor <laughs> that, you know, most other people, you know, get pissed off about or, or whatever their kink may be. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's definitely, definitely different coping mechanisms, but frankly to me, man, like I said, it's, it's about the money and the business for me. You know, I've always been business oriented and my product is just a, a benefit in that it allows me to, you know, charge more, I guess, simplistically, but we're, as far as services go, I mean, really, we're no different than any other business. You know, you have a need, we have the, the answer to that need and, you know, call us if you, if you want. Yeah. I'm curious about that whale that you talked about. How did you guys manage to get rid of that whale? What was the process? Like you know, that? man, I was still, you know, the company's only 25 years old. So, I mean, I was still pretty new and this was really a new, I've never, I've never even really been close to whale other than it's at SeaWorld, you know? So, um, we went in and with machetes and shit, we didn't realize truly how big a whale is. We were just going to hack it up, bag it, and truck it out of there, you know? So <laughs> when we got there, it was so huge, man. It was, uh, I mean, it was huge. It was just massive, you know? And I went, Oh my God, this is not going to work. So I had a buddy who owned an excavator co- excavation company and he had an excavator and he, he was able to haul ass down to my location with his big rig and his, his excavator and he, he uh, gigged it, you know, looped it through the jaw, around the jaw bones and lifted it onto the back of a semi and we took it to a private property that was willing to let us bury it and we buried it. Just that simple. Wow. But, you know, it's, cool. uh, <laughs> I had to get pretty creative. I, I, I was, for a bit, I was a little bit nervous. What is uh, the proper way of getting rid of that kind of waste? You know, when you come to a scene and there's a lot of parts around, like human parts, brains, or whatever, a car accident. Sure, sure. Uh, how do you guys yeah, get well, rid of those? It's, it, the, you gotta, this industry is regulated you know, for your disposal. So I have a lot of waste. So our waste disposers come to us, but some of the smaller boys, you know, they, they have uh, biohazard bags and boxes with, you know, reference numbers on them. And they, those get taken to whatever medical waste facility is closest to them or whoever they contract with. And that medical waste disposal will generally incinerate or autoclave the waste. Uh, incinerate is fire and then autoclave is just high pressure uh, uh, and heat. Um, and they, they then take it to, you know, uh, hazardous waste dumps, landfills, and they bury it. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, I was curious about that. Um, what are the, I mean, this is maybe a personal question, but what, yeah. like, where does the line, so the coroner is going to come and take away a body, obviously, but then you talk about brains and stuff like what? What pieces of a person do you typically interact with when you're cleaning up stuff? Like, like I would oh, imagine taken, a car accident. We've taken some substantial pieces of, of people. I mean, uh, entire feet, um, you know, half of a face, uh, you know, eyeballs, brain stems. I mean, we, you know, that's that's the not the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, normally they're very, very proficient at what they do. These guys are incredible. Um, but you know, shit happens. 
so yeah i mean it's common and then it just goes in with the rest of our red bag waste and gets disposed of just like the rest of the bloody rags or whatever we may have been picking up yeah um what is your within your field the relationship with police officers or paramedics you talked about that murder situation with that with that uh toddler um do you guys often have to interact with law enforcement or uh, yeah my my company's work is almost probably better than 95 percent law enforcement oriented Mm -hmm. yeah um i do i don't do i do very little in fact for mom and dad at this at this point i mean we do get them we did uh i think we did one yesterday but that's the very least of our work at this point in my career you talked about uh, going to prisons, which I had never even thought about before. And uh, what is was when you get a call to a prison? What is the typical situation? Is it um, something from violence, or is it like a riot or feces, or what is it typically? Look like? I mean, you do you do get blood in the the odd fight here and there, but the most of it is you know guys who just don't want to be locked down in their cell anymore, smearing shit all over the place so that they get let out you know, to bathe or to be moved into a different cell while that cell is being cleaned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that's really the, the predominant mess in the facilities there. You know, these guys will, you know, they'll save their feces and they'll finger paint it all over the fucking room. Yeah. Um, so the job's obviously physically demanding and you kind of talked about from your, your take dealing with the psychological aspect of the job. But have you had uh, anyone quit or or I'm I'm sure is there like a vetting process for people so that you can be sure that these people can psychologically deal with the trauma that you guys see on a regular basis? Well, that during training, my people are going to do so many jobs that there's no way to not know. They're they're just not going to make it. it. It's pretty apparent either. And it doesn't happen that much. I think most people. I think almost all people have the perception of the industry that it is has anything to do with uh, investigations. You know, for some reason they're all under that impression, and it has zero to do with investigate. We are the janitors, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. We're the janitors. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, I'm sorry. What was your question? Uh, how do you vet your Blank. employees to deal with the cycle? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. So, uh, you know, it, they 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 learn very quickly that it's a super physical, manual labor, unromantic job at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so those guys don't make it much more than a day or two. Um, if they're in the interview process, you know if you have a gore freak that just wants to be around gore. And that's that's a very small part of it too. I mean, our you know we do a lot of car wrecks and that kind of stuff, but you know, they we don't do a lot of mom and dad stuff in that it being the suicides and that kind of thing in a private home. So those guys aren't going to make it. You know, I think <clears throat> the personality trait that makes it with my company anyway is common sense. You know, doesn't have to be a genius, but can't be a moron. Uh, has to have a perfect driving record and cannot have any police contact of any nature at all. Um, you know, they have to be fairly self-sufficient. They have to have a fairly quick wit, you know, be able to make a decision quickly, be organized, um, 
And if they're none of those things, except for the intelligence part and a work ethic, we can pretty much train them. So, you know, it, it just comes down to, can they pass the background check and will they make it through training? You know, are they going to be able to hang in there and can they deal with the physical nature of the job? And they don't really have to deal with me too much. So that's not an, an issue, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty demanding job. It's not at all what people think. Yeah. Not, not at all. What is the uh, geographical like scope of, of the different sites that you go to? Is there like you cover a certain county or, or how far are you guys willing well, I, to go to do jobs? For, for us, uh, we do all of the counties within the Bay Area. So our, our immediate stomping ground is going to be Napa County, Costa Costa County, uh, Solano County, Alameda County, San Mateo County, Santa Clara County, Santa Cruz County, and Monterey County. Uh, we don't do anything in San Francisco County. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, like trends within certain geographical areas? Like, oh, there's more likely I'm going to have to deal with a certain kind of scene versus another. Uh, depending on where you're going to be going to? Um, not really for areas, but for customers, yes. Okay. So, okay. Um, this is kind of a... So for in, some, some police departments have more car wrecks than murders. You know, whatever. Something like that. One of the questions I have is is your guys' own safety. So say that yeah. you come onto a scene where, say, someone was – you went into, like, a drug house and there's exposed needles yeah. everywhere or you're doing a car accident and you're on the side of the freeway. Um, what are some oh, of yeah, the Yeah, we clean fentanyl, bro. So, yeah, we, we clean fentanyl now. It's not much more dangerous than that in the drug scene out here right now. Um, as far as our safety gear, we have everything from puncture-proof rubber boots to – uh, puncture-proof gloves to, you know, grabbers for needles to full-on um, respiration. We have powered air respirators. We have self-contained air. We have, you know, full-face respirators, half-face respirators, and all of that is assigned to a truck and to a technician. And, and if it wears out, they just tell us and they go get what they need with their company credit card and you know, it's checked once a week in our office meetings, and and uh, yeah, you know, I we, they're trained to put it all on, and it's mandatory with us. But I, you know, reality is, do they wear all their per- personal protective gear 100% of the time? Probably not. You know. Yeah. So we just train them out to acceptable standards and to what we need, and respiratory fit check them with our hygienists, and you know, make sure that they at least know how to do it, and then from there, if less are fucking stupid. They wear it um especially you know, with this it's not your it's not your blood you got to remember that none of the shit we're cleaning came from our bodies yeah you know? so we're, we're pretty safe um you you brought up fentanyl and that's actually like a big problem right now and i was wondering how that's impacted your industry are, are you getting a lot of cases like that and what precautions do you guys do you guys have to wear masks and stuff dealing with fentanyl or what is that like oh yeah yeah we're we're at a minimum we're wearing all of our protective gear for fentanyl and we're probably double and triple gloved uh we always clean it with a partner um it it is predicated upon again you know what the mess is what we're cleaning and shit but Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's dangerous i mean yeah it'll it'll fucking kill you yeah yeah we don't we don't carry um 
uh, Narcane. So, you know, if we get hit with it, we're fucked unless someone's there with Narcane and we can get injected, you know? Yeah. That shit's gnarly. So, no, we, we're very careful, man. I mean, we clean MRSA. You know, we clean some funky shit that you just can't believe. <laughs> I, I, you know? I mean, yeah. it's, it's fucking shocking, <laughs> you know, what, what some of these fucking people do. Yeah. Um, so, with with this being an industry and that there's other other crime scene cleaning companies, what is the crime scene cleaning community like? Are there... Uh, conferences or conventions within your field are there certain is there certain terminology or you talked about kind of like the humor is there like inside jokes within the community um well i'm 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 probably not the best person to ask that question of because i think all of my competitors are my enemy and if i could burn them all to the ground immediately that's my goal always (laughs) Uh, i don't communicate with any of them i don't share with any of them if I can go head to head with them, I'm going to do the job for free to make sure they starve. Uh, I'm a businessman, brother. I'm I'm out to slay. Period. Uh, I don't participate in any coroner conventions. That would be probably one of the biggies that some of these dummies attend. Um, there are some ad hoc groups that are you know trying to pass legislation and get everything more regulated tightly and that kind of shit but i don't participate in any of that none of it they're you know i mean i've been here a long time man they're doing stuff that that i've already tried and done you know 18 years ago you know so yeah i i they're just my enemy and and i probably think that uh they all hate my guts I feel it. <laughs> Which would be my cat. So, you know. <laughs> I don't make any bones about it, man. I uh they can all lick my balls as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I, I don't I, I hope they all fucking burn. Uh I think most of them, you know, you gotta remember, man, that you know, I I maybe I'm a dick. I feel I started the industry. I know I'm the best at it my quality is beyond high bro i mean it's it's stellar and most of these other fucking companies they don't come in they don't take the time to do good cleaning and you know they tear shit out and then they jam it up mom and dad's ass to you know rebuild it and clean it or you know grandma's dead and they're trying to buy the fucking house and you know i'm i'm a i've i'm a janitor but i'm the best fucking janitor you've ever fucking seen and you know i strive to be good at what i do and my pricing is probably better than 75 percent cheaper than any competitor out there you know i think they're fucking thieves i think they don't know what they're doing you know i, I they disgust me but you know that's i guess that's just business you know um they don't like me and that I don't play the gentle routine with my marketing. I market in your face. You know, I've done some pretty in your face TV. Um, but I'm able to back up what I say. And, and, you know, I, I always treat my customer base with the utmost care and, and consideration. Um, but my competitors can choke on dick for all I fucking care. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just it, man. 
Well, uh, you got you got company loyalty with me. I've reached I reached out to a couple other people and I, I got strung along for fucking ever by them saying like, oh, we'll interview you. And they tried to like have me talk to other employees. And I just got strung along for like a fucking month with this company. And I was like, fuck this, dude. And then yeah, they're they're all jerk offs, man. They really are. Yeah. And so and, and I and honestly, you guys were kind of my first people that I wanted to reach out anyway, because you guys have really awesome photos of the different scenes that are like the different cases you have to do, like your uh, sure, social sure. media. You got really and that, gory that's pictures. That's my goal, and... man, is to, you know, on those posts from Instagram, I mean, that's me posting. But what, what the way we do that is is uh, we take pictures of all of our jobs, period. Um, and then my guys send all the pictures to me. And then I just go through them in the morning when I'm up early and, and pick the one I like the best from that day. And I, I give a very limited caption because, you know, it's the imagination that really gets it going, you know. And I, I think uh, the following kind of – I think they dig it, you know, as, as much as I can get stuff on there without Instagram pulling it down. Um, but, yeah, I don't say much and, and, you know, it's just the gore. Uh, but it's pretty fucking interesting. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I was like really excited that you were down to do this because I knew that you were going to be real with me and not give me a PC answer about how how the how your shit goes, you know. Um, No, not at all, man. (laughs) I'm definitely not PC. (laughs) You talked about (laughs) you talked about being on TV. What what is some of your social presences on on media do you have do you have you what, oh, fuck, what have you done i've done i've done about eight million fucking national geographics and we did a three-part for uh discovery id and i've done discovery channel shows and you know books and i mean if you do a google search on my name with the company there's a ton of shit pulls up all of it's crap you know it was when i was younger and Fuck, I would have said and done anything and been anyone's dancing chimpanzee to market the company. But, you know, now I'm 54 years old. (laughs) You know, I look at that shit and go, oh, Christ, you know. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do. With you being so kind of, like, blunt and, and just to the point about the work that you do, especially with, like, the gory pictures that you post, have you gotten any controversy? Has anyone, like, said it's insensitive or giving you any shit for oh, anything fuck yeah yeah we get we get a lot of that shit i just immediately fucking block you yeah you know and if i have a family or something you, you, you gotta remember the families are right there when we're taking the pictures mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> or the customer or whatever it may be they're always right there we don't do this shit in secret so um you know i've had a couple of families uh, when we first put the page up say hey you know take it down and you know of course you know i'm not out to my goal is not to piss anyone off i mean i don't even even if someone guesses the location and they write it, I delete it. I mean, I we don't put any info as far as identifying or or any kind of privacy problem issues, none of that shit. That's that's not. I just try to show the the gore, a little bit of the periphery, you know, tell you if there's a death involved, how hard it was to clean, and you know, from there the imagination kind of does everything for you and people start discussing it and bitching at each other and you know it gets pretty active so mm-hmm. i hope it's interesting i think it is i mean it's got a it's almost got a half a million followers i think so it's it's pretty popular that's rad that's cool um with how long you've been working in this field 
how have you seen the industry evolve and change? Especially with like technology you know, it's a, and social it's a, media and all it's that. It's a strange industry, man. And you know, I, I until this industry really becomes federally regulated, standardized, you're gonna have a lot of these dickhead fuckheads who own these goddamn shitty companies out there that just jam it up your ass. You know, so I guess, you know, it's changed in that there's a lot more companies out there. I guess that's good for the consumer. Mm-hmm. But there's no real control and there's no control that makes sense, you know. And, and, you know, that breeds a lot of fucking assholes, you know, who just – I mean, I like money, man. Don't get me wrong. and I, I really do, and that's why I got into business. But I don't like people thinking I'm an asshole after I've taken their money, you know what I mean? I, I want my customers to say, hey, you know, the motherfucker did a badass job. You know, it wasn't cheap, but I don't feel like I got fucked. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I definitely accomplished that. I mean, we are very inexpensive in the industry, man. I mean, to the, the point of, you know, I could make many, many more millions of dollars a year, many. You know, I just, I just don't, I mean, I, I'm happy. I make what I make. Everything's good. And, you know, I don't have to feel like a fucking jerk. So yeah. I'm good with that. Uh, one of my last questions is how, I don't know if you've seen like a, a really famous movie or infamous movies called Necromantic, which is about uh, crime scene cleaners who take a corpse home and y- use it for like sexual pleasure or whatever. And then there's wow, I haven't seen. I've never heard of that one. Fuck, I'll look for that one. <laughs> it, yeah, it's called Necromantic, and it's a, a a guy who's a crime scene cleaner, and he takes body parts huh. home for his girlfriend, and they have kind of like a whole little wet specimen collection that they have in like formalin, like oh, different things nice. in formalin. And, God. <laughs> and one day he uh, takes takes home a whole corpse for them, and she's like super psyched on it, and they have like a threesome with this corpse. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna so, have to. Is that well, I, I don't think I can get that on in, on uh, Netflix, right? No, you'll probably have to buy a DVD <laughs> no. of it or something. But, okay, I'll get that. <laughs> so, have you seen Curdled? Uh uh-uh. uh What is that? Curdled. Find that. That's a pretty good one too. It's a crime scene cleaner flick. It's it's old. Okay. It's way ahead. I mean, it's my company. It's got to be 24 years old at least. How how do you spell it? But it's. Curdled like curdled milk. C U R D L E D, I believe. Cool. What, what's curdled. it about? It's it's got nobody actors. It's it's uh, the main character is a chick, um, and I'm not going to tell you anymore. It's pretty <laughs> it's pretty fucking good. Rad. I'll check that out. Well, my question yeah. is is how do you feel about how your your field of work is portrayed in films? Do you think it's accurate or or how do you feel about it? Well, you know, I mean, I don't really watch a lot of them. You know, I've seen, I've consulted on a couple, and I I think that the special effects are weak. Um, You know, give me one that you're referring to so I can remember if I've even seen it. I mean, I I think about there's a, Necromantic's probably like the most popular one. There's a yeah. I haven't seen this... it. I haven't seen it, but I I doubt that, that someone's gonna be able to pull that off. You gotta remember, we're not pulling out hell of fucking body parts and shit, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I sure. uh, but like I think about shows like CSI and shit where they've got 
you guys in the background. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think they, you know, I, I the one the character I've seen, they, they, well, they make him say, you know, look and act like a big fucking dummy. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as I remember, he was a big fat slob pig that you know was a fucking moron. And no, I mean that's it, that's not me, yeah. <laughs> sir. You know, so, you know, but I, I think we're also an easy target, you know, uh, I think the, uh, the, the easy assumption on a guy who cleans shit and blood off walls is, is, you know, he must be a fucking idiot. Why is he doing that? Well, you know, I, I live in a pretty nice tax bracket and I get to run a corporation and, you know, I can pretty much go do whatever I want and I'm challenged by my company and, you know, it, it, it supports any number of employees and their families who have homes and, you know, it's legit, you know, if you run it as a legitimate company and put what you get out of it back into it and stroke it and run it and squeeze it like a nice baby, it, you can do quite well. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's like any other business. You have to work it, man. If you, you know, if you're not out there working your ass off, it's, it's not just going to fucking fall in your lap. You have to go get it. Yeah. So, you know, well, my my last thing is, do you have any final thoughts or anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, this is your chance to promote everything you want. Uh, well, we and, you know, if you if if you if you need my services, call Crime Scene Cleaners Incorporated and and uh, check out our Instagram page at Crime Scene Cleaners Inc. I believe. <laughs> and uh, no, man, you know, pray for death. Get it. <laughs> right on, man. Fuck yeah. Well, thank have you. I enjoyed one. our thank conversation. You. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club. If you're interested in checking out my other work, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Cinema's Underbelly, where I analyze and review obscure, obscene, and controversial cinema, as well as check out my label, Putrid Productions. Until next time, this is the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club. <laughs>